Aiden. Lucas. How'd your day? It was busy. Um, spent the first half at the gym, then went and had a full book day at the salon. So, yeah, excited to just sit down for a little bit. I've been like, I think this was my 13th day in a row. So I'm ready, ready oh, for a shit. break. And now we're doing an awesome interview. But did you, you saw the, you talked to me about the Arizona bill that passed. Or not that passed, not, that was proposed? Yeah, just proposed. I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild i don't think it's going to get very far but it's something we should all be aware about us arc put out an alert about arizona they're uh talking about being able to uh come in without a warrant and seize your animals so uh just be aware about that there's a hearing this thursday the 15th so we'll have updates as they come yeah didn't like the wording or verbiage on there say something along the lines of like previous due process won't even like won't be allowed like basically like stating in there we are going to take a constitutional right away from due process uh because you know if we feel that we need to confiscate your animals we can pretty wild should be fun <laughs> yeah uh, to, so... to follow that one i think that'll probably get shut down but if you guys aren't members yeah. of us arc there are other bills out there that are important um and uh, it's not much to support them. Reach out to us if it's something that you you know don't know how to do. You could always go to their website and become a member or just donate per animal you sell. Um, Lucas, but, let's let's jump into the meat and bones of what we're here for tonight, though. Yeah. So welcome to eighty one of the Retic Lounge, and I'm excited for this episode today. We have Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre, and they are the co-hosts of the most renowned reptile podcast that's out there, uh, Morelia Python Radio. NPR has served, you know, a major inspiration for the Retic Lounge and, you know, with their ability to stay consistent and grow their audience all while keeping content uh, that they produce pretty top notch. It's kind of hard to be consistent for that long and still produce good content and so we're going to be diving into the history of NPR and find out how the two of them have been able to put out such great content um you know for the herbiculture and reptile community so um yeah we're we're excited to kind of get their thoughts on uh reticulated pythons as well and just the type of animals that they keep so Nathan, Lucas, before we bring them on, I just want to give a shout out to our Patreon family, our Discord family. You guys are awesome. Uh, make sure if you want some background access to the Retic Lounge, you jump over to www.patreon.com slash the Retic Lounge and join, join today for as little as $5. All right, I'm done stumbling over my words. You want to bring them in, Lucas? <laughs> Let's bring them in. This is going to be a fun one. Whether you've poured your heart and soul into your reptile business or you've just begun your business journey, AE Foundry has you covered with next level expertise in graphic design, motion graphics, videography, photography, and so much more. If you've been dying for a new logo for your reptile business, motion graphics for your current logo, a new website, or need assistance making your video podcast come to life, then listen carefully. AE Foundry's mission places storytelling at its core. AE Foundry believes that a distinctive story and background are the driving forces that set your brand apart. In today's market, consumers seek more than just products. They crave a connection built on trust with the brands they cherish. AE Foundry is committed to empowering small businesses and fostering authenticity that resonates with their consumers. 
reach out to them and let them help you craft a visual narrative that helps establish a genuine and lasting connection with your audience. To contact AE Foundry, email them at aromero at aefoundry.com or on Instagram at aefoundry. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animals' caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heliguy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. What's up, guys? What's going hey. on? Nothing much. Excited to, to talk about uh, podcasting. Right. <laughs> As opposed to reptiles. All podcasting the time. And, right. and snakes, for, for I all hear of us. What right. we can do. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing like talking about the thing we spend the most time doing and make the least money with, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> about right. Uh, man, so uh, I, I, I'm curious, you know, with, with you guys, um, you know, first and foremost, before we even like jump into like the good old NPR stuff, um, you know, and you guys, this, this is going to be the fun part. First off, like, I just want to go ahead and start and say, this is the first time we've ever had two people in separate locations <laughs> on a podcast. So it's the first time that we're going to be. And then of course the, the questions are going to be about NPR and generalized. So you two will get to fight who gets to go first, um, uh... when, when answering the questions. I, I, I concede to um, the mastermind. Um, I know who writes the checks, so I'm just going to let this one go. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun, but Nathan, take us away, man. Yeah, let's open it up. So uh, when you guys started keeping just animals in general, reptiles are not like, uh, wh when did Morelia come into play? Like, was this something that came on later? Was it something like Lucas, where he, he had a bunch of animals and then got one and you know, was now I want to or mm. did you just start straight in with Morelia? 
Uh, well, for me, I've been keeping reptiles since I was five. Um, it's always been, gosh, as long as I can remember, it's been pythons. I've had an obsession with pythons. I think I go back to uh, my first interaction with um, a ball python was at a kindergarten, um, uh, like a presentation that they were doing, and I got to go hold this snake. Um, I was kind of hooked from then. Um, Morelia really didn't come into play till later on. I had this idea when I came back into, I left reptiles in, in my 20s and um, got back into my 30s. And uh, I, I basically was obsessed with keeping every species of python. That was kind of a goal of mine, <laughs> which is kind of a crazy goal. <laughs> I came close, but uh, yeah. Uh, Morelia has always been that one for me. I think probably, and I think I got my first carpet python in 2003, 2001 to 2003, somewhere in that time. And uh, they, I've had them ever since. Um, I've had all these different species and I don't know, some did good, some didn't do so good. Um, but the, the ones that were always rock solid was carpet pythons. And um, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into how NPR started, but that's really how I started. So I guess Morelia came later. Yeah. On. Do you remember what year for you? For me? Yeah. Uh, to make him age himself. <laughs> what year? What? I got into Morelia? Yeah. Two yeah. 2003. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what about for you, man? For me, I I had a turtle growing up, just a red-eared <laughs> slider kind of a thing. The one pet everybody should get their kindergartner is what my father got me. Um, <laughs> Same. I think the thing finally died like three years ago. Like it was like, and oh, now man. I'm like 37. Yeah. So, um, so I had that. And then I didn't get into snakes until I was in college. Um, my roommate uh, was uh, uh, Chris Foley of um, uh, uh, oh, no Cold Blooded Cafe. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. He and I did that. So he hooked me in with that kind of stuff with uh, bringing contraband reptiles to our dorm room for the first like year. <laughs> right. um, and uh, I ended up getting a Cal King uh, in college. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife she got me my first carpet python for my 18th birthday and that was the pebble that caused the landslide like after that it was like must get more and then at Every one day. point in college i think my senior year i had like 15 16 carpet pythons in my dorm room which was so not allowed dude that's, like, that's epic oh my god no so um nathan you yeah. could definitely fit more snakes if he's fitting oh yeah yeah i have a lot of room behind me if, yeah. if you're talking about keeping 15 16 in a dorm yeah. room it was uh it was it, we cannibalized um 41 court racks to fit them into a um a, a hall closet that would like you could slide nice. the doors so like it was one of those things where everybody knew I had them, but nobody could see them and nobody could find them. There was just an extension cord that went into the freaking closet. So it was, <laughs> I'm like, it's right there. So yeah, that was, that was the start there. And then after that, um, getting out of college, it just one right after the other. And it was the first breeding season, which was in 2009, 2010. So yeah. I wonder after how that, many, how many, uh, uh, women did you have in your dorm that when you didn't open up your closet they left <laughs> um not many well that's the problem is that most of the people i met in college were 
they, like friends as well as ex-girlfriends and stuff like that was all because they found out I was the snake person on campus and they bring me that we my college was close enough to Hamburg that every idiot went there and bought themselves a ball python and then I had a phone in my dorm room that somehow people would call with snake questions not my cell phone the, the dorm phone so <laughs> that's awesome dorm phone rang it was because some guy went and bought a ball python and it was dying and I'm like all right well so yeah you got nicer friends than i do mine thought i was weird so <laughs> oh yeah well i assume yeah. that happened too but you go to an animal college everybody likes that kind of stuff yeah, so right so i, I know the the majority of people are uh, aware that youtube breed pythons but it seems like you know i've been listening to your your guys's podcast on and off for a while and i, I one over uh lapping theme that i've continued to hear probably more and more over the last year is that you guys have become a lot more focused and specific with what you guys are keeping and breeding um, you know, Owen, you were talking about like, or, or Eric, you're talking about wanting like everything. And that's how I was as a kid. And I got into like retics and got very <laughs> focused. And now I find myself just like, just wanting everything again. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to know, like for each of you, take us down that road of like early keeping and breeding and, and how you guys came to where you guys are in regards to just kind of be more specific and niching down. I was always into the big snakes. Um, I, I love berms were probably my favorite. I had retics, African rocks, Indian pythons, all that stuff when I was younger. And um, I don't know. It just like when I thought of a python, I wanted a big python. So like if it was smaller than a retic or a berm, I was not interested in it. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know. I guess it, it's you guys can relate to this. You talk to people every week. You know, you're talking to different people about different species and you get excited about it, especially if somebody's excited about it. And like, I don't know, when we started NPR, it was just like that Pandora's box just opened. And like yep. at one point I had 400 plus snakes and it was yep. just too much to manage. And it's funny, me and Owen have switched. We, we do this all the time where it's like <laughs> he has balance. one thing and I just kind of do this. So it's, yeah. I think when we started NPR, I had nine coastal carpet pythons and that's all i had yeah and, and uh -oh. right now i'm sitting pretty at like 34 different species of oh that's reptile. awesome okay but cool yeah. <laughs> it's awesome until you start doing the numbers and being like holy crap so, yeah, oh, tr was... trust me i got i got a garage you know with, with oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait yeah lucas's numbers scare me so i, I really hope we don't follow <laughs> the same path no, no again and... it does this it eric I, had, and yang eric had them. all these pythons and i'm like i'm just a coastal guy and then i started <laughs> getting interested and he started getting rid of them and then all his weird pythons ended up at my house i was yeah. gonna say i bet you oh, yeah. have them now i dropped them off he's like here yeah. you go here you go and i'm like okay, okay. <laughs> i um yeah i mean i i feel that you know at a, me and nathan nathan like i don't know how he, he's got like a heart of steel like he just he, he doesn't even think about like besides the tree monitors that he wants to get into and i'm over here after every episode trying not to message the person we had on <laughs> yeah. to buy a snake yep. yeah that, yep that was that's that was, that was me and you owen yeah that was the rule <laughs> we weren't allowed to shop for snakes during the show because that yeah. that resulted in bad and then you could always tell by an npr season where what eric was interested in because you just start seeing breeders of that species, right yeah like, <laughs> popping in and i'm like what yeah. are you doing i don't like all these dwarf monitor breeders are on he's like yeah I like. i'm like okay you're getting you're getting tims okay yeah the, the, the worst was after riley came on like literally the moment that we got off 10 minutes later i had sent in the money for a pop one um, <laughs> carpet it was bad mm -hmm. yeah it was bad yeah. yeah i knew it was happening and i didn't didn't even know until the next it. day 
let it go. You know, I I don't know. I've always been into those species that were sort of, I call them the underdogs, the ones that nobody like that everybody overlooks at the, at the reptile show. And, you know, they're not the mainstream ball Python thing. And they, you know, I, I, I was always like, to me, they, they always sort of needed more attention, you know? And, um, I don't know with carpet. I don't know what it is about car. I mean, I guess, you know, I love all Moralia, but really my heart is carpet pythons in particular. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with them. I can't, I, I don't, I don't, I can't their picture. Heads, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. And, it, you know, and it's, a, it's kind of a big snake without being a big snake, you know, because I guess I'm tired of like, you know, the berm and the retic thing where it's like, you know, <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> Even the yeah. super dwarf thing. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 It, we're we're gonna get in, we're gonna get into retake talk later. We'll we'll get yeah. plenty of opportunity to. I want to dive deep into your guys' thoughts about all that. But sure, you know, it, it's better for you to go for the species that no one likes than to go for the species that the rest of the reptile community doesn't like. The keepers like retics, right? So right. at least you go for the animals <laughs> instead of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, know the the other thing with Moralia is the community, man. I I just was so. They were nerds, you know, like snake nerds. There was no, you know, yeah, there was drama, whatever, but it was more about the snake Some really good than drama. the person. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> they argued about, you know, you know, natural history or taxonomy or stuff like that. But yeah, it was never like, that stuff. yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I, don't know. I think it's, that's what first drew me to NPR is like the first episode or two that I listened to. I was like, oh, this is like the nerdiest shit I've heard <laughs> in reptile podcasting God, yet. Yeah. You guys and I'm out. actually learning something new. So, uh, all right, let's let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I'll echo that that sentiment of Morelia community being great. I mean, I, you know, you guys were nice enough to, to have me on to talk about retics and mm-hmm. um Dude, I, like literally probably over two dozen people from the Carpet Python community reached out and said, hey, great interview. I was like, to be honest, they're they're just great interviewers. I just talked. Um, and, you know, that led to Michael Taylor inviting me to, you know, uh, what was it? Carpet, Carpet Texas Fest. Carpet Fest. Fest. Yep, yep. Um, and had a blast connected mm-hmm. with everyone there. Um, yeah, that's one thing that that Morelia community, Carpet Python community really has going for them really well. It's just that community is strong. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think one of our really kind of the high up there on the hat is the um is Carpet Fest, and we we did steal that from the Condro community. Like we we took that in the night oh, yeah. and somehow yeah. made it ours. <laughs> so, um, but I love that just because it's, I, I mean, there are people now that I can count as friends and rely on that I were screen names to me for yeah. most of our relationship, and now I know them face to face and stuff like that. So it makes going to shows easier because i know i got friends in the areas uh, it makes um just the whole animal thing plugging in plugging out um talking with people a lot easier and a lot better so i, I love the ideas of carpet fest i, I want to get us back to having a bunch around the country again so <laughs> yeah yeah um so let's let's jump into npr talk Let, like let's get into yep. like the bulk of of the episode um you know, when and and how did you two meet? Like, how did you guys decide, like, hey, let's do this? Wait, wait, well, wait. First... I, I want to round back to something first, because I feel yep. like this kind of goes into the NPR deep dive. Uh, you were talking about keeping Morelia in your, your closet in the dorm. Didn't yes. Morelia Python Radio start in a closet as well? Yes, well, in a bathroom. In a bathroom. In a bathroom. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it was yeah. In a bathroom. I mean, the bathroom is a closet with running water. 
Yeah, well, it was um, it was a long-standing vendetta. You see, I had had my first couple clutches, <laughs> and Eric messaged me about buying a baby, and then he left me on red and never bought that baby. And then mm -hmm. he went and bought every single tiger carpet I ever laid eyes on yeah. for an entire year. Classic I, tire kicker. And I needed to know where he was. He was close to me, so I needed Just to keep him keep close. Keep his enemies close. Yeah, I need to keep him close <laughs> and somehow assassinate him. And yeah. that's been the yeah, – I've got bored. So, yeah, I never did the whole assassinating thing. But, yeah, that's – I think – well, I guess this kind of ties into where my obsession with Morelia came from, right? Because um, I used to listen to – there used to be a show called Reptile Radio back in, like, 2006 six seven something like that it came out and mm. it was this crazy idea that like you know people talking about snakes and you could listen to it on your ipod and it was i was i i, I couldn't i was like what is this this is the greatest thing ever you know and, and they were talking about ball pythons but like i just applied whatever they talked about to like what i was into you know and um i, I they had will bird on and that was it. He taught carpet pythons. I was like, what? So I went down the rabbit hole, you know, going on the internet and looking up different things. And that led me to Morelia Python forums. And I thought, man, I, I love when he talked carpet pythons, but, you know, I would message him, hey, can you get this guy on to talk about carpet pythons or scrubs or whatever? And he would be like, nah, man, we're talking ball pythons this week. And I'd be like, oh, man. Did this last week. <laughs> <laughs> so. So eventually I was like, well, I, if they could do it, why can't I do it? <laughs> you know, you and, and why can't I do what they're doing, but have a focus on carpet pythons? It's weird. I asked permission from the guy. I called, you know, I called him up like, hey, do you mind? I'm, I'm not trying to copy off you guys. I just want to do it, but do it on carpet pythons. And, you know, he was real excited about it and whatnot. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then they kind of floundered out. And um, yeah, and then we started it. I tried it by myself, and I don't know if either one of you guys have ever tried to do a podcast by yourself, but it's it's really difficult to talk to yourself. We, we've you know, done I, episodes I, without each other before, but I mean, no, it, it's yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. I can't. You know, I I thought of that idea, and that's why I ended up. I was like, nope. And I reached out to Nathan because I was like, I'm not staring at a camera and talking and. And no, I was I'm just not... stupid enough to say yes. Right, exactly. There we, there we go. Now we know who's who in this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I'm the one who had the brilliant idea. <laughs> right, that was yeah, like, retakes, the... let's talk about it. And I'm the yeah. Nathan of the story where I'm like, sure. And then it's like, yeah, we'll be like a, a weekend. We're, we're not coming back. We're not going to do another episode. We're going we're gonna to stop. We had the first Christmas break. I'm like, he's never going to message me about the new one again. And it was like, Oh my God, it's been how many years now? So yeah. yeah when, so, when did you, when did you guys start? 2011. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah. you guys are on year 13. Yeah. 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 It was, um, Eric did the first episode yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. Which if you can get it, it is fantastic. On it's the terrible. Do <laughs> <laughs> so, you need to find that? How much? No, the pay? entire first season yeah. of NPR is rough as hell because we're learning our, cause here's the other thing is that the second episode, which is the introduction of me, Eric put out a request on the forum looking for a co-host. And I'm dumb enough to have responded and said, I'll do it. You live close. Yeah. You know, originally it was supposed to be this guy. His name was Luke Snell. And he was sort of a, a, an early influence on me and my carpet python keeping. He lived up in North Jersey and probably like every couple of months I would drive up to just check out his stuff. He had he was uh, his business was uh, Morelia Wonderland and he kept mm -hmm. basically uh, carpets and he did um, conjures. 
And he did a lot of Poplin carpets. And um, that's sort of like where my obsession with them came from. Cause he had amazing, just, they were just beautiful. And I said, well, I'm just looking at them. Like these are so underappreciated. Everybody's worrying about the yellow and black of jungles. Like there's right. so much potential here. Like what, why, why is everybody sleeping on this? And I guess maybe that was an influence from maybe the, uh, you know, other species of pythons where they worked on selective breeding and stuff, just the, that idea. But um, yeah, he was originally supposed to be the guy and he just wouldn't commit to doing it every week. So I, I put up a post on um, MP forums and Owen answered it. And I think what we Sucker. talked on the phone for like we talked on the phone once, for like a half hour. And then you're like, well, let's get this done, baby. So our second conversation ever was yeah, the second episode, episode of two. <laughs> yep. where, No, Seriously, where can we find season one? Eric has it somewhere. I, um, we're man. digitally remastering it and I'll, releasing it slowly. I'll send. I'll send you the links. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the links. That would yeah. be classic. I'd love, because yeah. I'm going to be honest. Our first. I don't know. I feel like, and we did weekly, but I feel like our first four months, I do not, I will not go back and listen to an episode. And we were dumb nope. enough for our first guest to be someone as big as Brian Cusco. Oh. <laughs> and then, like, I feel like we have to watch that episode before we have have him back like together redo like it, have yeah. a few drinks really like soak right. it all like, in like watch yeah. it with him as we do the yeah next episode. no that yeah. that's all right that's <laughs> all right you know it was um, such a such a learning curve too back then right today yeah. I, I mean again i'm not saying it's easy but considered to what it was yeah no it was oh no hard. the level for entry so is easy. almost zero now. <laughs> it's we, so easy. we used to have moments during our show because people used to have to call in on their phone we'd lose guests yeah. Eric and I would get lost somehow would peel us off into terrible. separate rooms. The sound was terrible. There was there was peaks and valley. It was it was yeah. bad. And then again, like my first breeding season was 2010 and then we started NPR in 2011. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to seasoned breeders mm -hmm. and also my main focus is carpet python. So there's a scrub episode in season 1 that <laughs> if I could ever freaking have back, that would be it because Eric was uh, sick as a dog, so he's running the computer because I don't know how to do it. Basically muting himself, hitting buttons, and then throwing up in a bucket. I and remember I'm, you guys talking about this a oh, couple it's episodes. Terrible because I'm talking to uh, it was it was Blake Bauer, Blake right? Bauer, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, "Well, why don't you talk about scrubs?" And there's a moment where it stops. I'm like, "Well, all right, let's move on." He goes, "Do you want me to talk about the other species?" I'm like, "Shit, yeah, there's other yeah. species. There's other species. <laughs> like, yeah, it was." Yeah, bad. so like I would do all the research and stuff, and then I would make up show notes like similar to what you guys sent us and whatnot. And uh, you know, uh, I was so excited about this episode because nobody at that point had done a podcast on scrub pythons. Like it didn't exist. It, there, this was the first one that ever happened, and I got so sick. Oh man, I was so bummed out. And then we look back at it, and so it's like funny. Like two years after that, Owen has like all these different species of scrub, but back yeah, then he absolutely what? knew nothing. Nothing, not a damn thing. Yeah, just yeah. trying to hold the weight of the the, the episode of just you yeah. know. And there's also the thing is that we 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 also got better with talking to people. Like I wanted yeah. a white lip show, and Eric finds somebody who says he's had white lips and. We get him on the show and we're talking and he's like, oh, I've only ever had the one for three months now. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. And, and yeah. I guess that's a good part where me and Nathan being new in this because the, the social media has really blown up, you know, the reptile community. It's very sure. easy to find 
you know, who you want to have for different species and sure. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that that's man, I, I can imagine the, the, uh, trials tribulation back then of, of having to do that were, uh, fun to say the least. Yeah. We used to have a clip show on the holiday, on the anniversary, Rob Stone would go back and find all the stuff we messed up throughout the season and play it for us. Stuff we oh, said. No. Yeah, thank <laughs> God he stopped that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. God Adler's not doing clips anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Seriously. Doesn't need to live rent free in my head already. Like, right. you know, yeah. So you, you kind of talked a little bit about the inspiration, which sounds like it was uh reptile radio podcast. Um, but, but I mean, realistically did you guys foresee yourself you know i think owen kind of owen was like every episode was like he's not texting me back yeah, but he's not gonna yeah. it took but, me at least three years to catch on this might be a thing that's going to keep happening yeah know. eric yeah. when you were in the bathroom standing next to the toilet recording <laughs> that first episode did you think you, this is you the know, 13 years from now i might be sitting next to the same toilet recording a podcast or at least did you have like goals to I did yeah. have goals. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I was more of like, how do I keep Owen happy enough to keep him, you know, engaged in this? Because I learned pretty early on that like NPR and, and why it works and how it works has a lot to do with just me and Owen and how we interact with each other. And, 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 you know, I guess after 13 years of spending every Tuesday with him. Well, there's, <laughs> kind of, uh... well, there was, there was the moment where I'm like, I had to come to you and be like, can we stop recording on what was it? Saturday night? I'm yeah. Like, I'm in Saturdays. my twenties. You're killing me. Like, yeah. is... and then there was the moment where it's like, you kind of feel each other out and get each other's sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And there was this one joke that will always be in my brain of being where, where it finally broke is, <laughs> We were talking, you know it. So I we can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. We were talking to somebody, and we said something about like caging and stuff like that. And Eric's like, "Well, that's how Owen and I are different. I have all these really great snakes in all these cheap bins." And I'm like, "And what the hell are you saying? Like, <laughs> what? What's the second part of that? Like, it is. I just have crap. Owen has cages. really shitty snakes. And and snakes is crap. Like, what the hell? So it was. Yeah, and that's it was great. that that moment there that just kind of after that it was you can do give and take we can take shots at each other and all that fun stuff so that's kind of like where everything kind of broke yeah you guys do have a great energy and the way that you guys approach like the interview and and you know it's great to see how different the personalities are but it come together with how you guys click and bounce off of each other and mess around with each other i mean that's really the only way i feel like to do this for this long is to really have fun while you're doing it yeah yeah, I guess at the core of it, right? We're both, you know, I say this a lot and Owen is, I don't know, he's a very humble guy when it comes mm. to certain things. Mm. And he's not like a, he's not one to go and sort of brag about like what he he has, has done. But like in, in the years of NPR, I mean, he's he's bred every species he's tried to breed. You know, I I, I just with I don't seven. Think he gets... No, there are several exceptions there <laughs> I, that trust me, they're right I, here. I mean, I, I, I just feel like he doesn't get the credit, but it, it real deep. I guess what I'm saying is deep down inside, he is a snake nerd just like I am. He doesn't come yeah. across as a snake nerd like I do, but he is the we're the same. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was listening yeah. to the the rough scale Python episode, and and Owen is just like nonchalantly like, yeah, I produce them, and I'm establishing mm-hmm. them, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, why did, why yeah. do you not like that's a that's a good accomplishment, like. 
because I don't want anybody else to have them. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't don't talk. Don't look at them. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Let's let's not get into rough scales because I don't need to buy another snake in an hour. <laughs> They're right here. Yeah, they know. They're right. Eric's are down there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So we've talked a little bit about, I mean, just the longevity of the podcast, but how, how do you guys feel like you've created the listener longevity and just had like your, your solid listening base? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's one thing to like have the longevity and do it weekly, but like to, to keep people wanting to come back for that long is a whole different uh, accomplishment. I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't think we've ever focused on like, like, I don't know, when I talk to podcast people today or YouTube, you know, they're kind of like my stats and, you know, how, you know, how did this episode go? Yeah, I'm, bro, I'm guilty and, of that. And, and, and all mm. these things. And like, I mean, it's cool to look at, but like, I don't know. I don't I, I guess at the end of the day, I, I always looked at it, especially in the early days, kind of like what Owen said. I, my first year breeding was 2012. Mm -hmm. So like 2011 at that point, I had just kept snakes. And, you know, I, I, it was really for me, right? I, yeah. I wanted to learn. And now here's an opportunity for me to somehow be able to talk to some of the greatest keepers and breeders of Morelia around the world. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't really ever look at it as, oh, we're doing this for the listeners or this gets more views or this gets more. I, I don't know. I just I always look at it as like what like what Owen said. It's like if I'm into this, this is what we're talking about. Right. right. <laughs> no, that's that's kind of funny because I mean, that's where Lucas and I really started off. I mean, we had what a, a season or two of breeding under our belts. Yeah. yeah and we're like, we're we're not experts. We just want to talk retics and like right. have fun with it. So I think there's that's a, funny. I think there's I said this to you. Well, I said this to Lucas before, I think when he was on the show or when we were chatting behind the scenes or whatever, but that's what reminds me of you. That's why I like your podcast. Cause it reminds me of NPR. It, it's not like there's no egos coming into it, right? You're just sort of approaching it as you want to learn. And I, I think that's genuine to listeners. I think they, they, they like that. They don't want to hear, you know, I don't know, bullshit. I, at least I don't. Like as yeah, soon as no, it I, starts I, going I don't bullshit, either. I'm yeah. just like yep. I'm out. I'm I just I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And, and and then once, you know, Nathan and I were like, yeah, let's do something to kind of, you know, you know, bring other audience to listen. We're like, let's do species spotlight. And we did exactly what you guys did. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the very first two episodes was like, what are we interested in? We did green tree pythons. Nathan yeah. did that, you know, the second one was tree monitors, which is like Nathan's passion that he, I swear on. I'll have one one day. Resisting so far, yeah. Like, know, it, yeah. It's the enclosure that's holding me back. I have such yeah. big plans for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's cool to hear, you know, what what you guys are doing for that. But but I, let me ask you guys, like now going into this far, are you guys, uh, you guys recording the episodes that same week, and it's just week to week recording? Do you guys have a log? Did you ever have a log? Because Nathan and I, like, we recorded like four or five episodes. We've talked about having a log. Yeah, we we, we we talked. We had four or five of a backlog when we first started, and by month three, it was just weekly gone. recording. Yeah, yeah. It was, we get ahead of ourselves, and then something happens. And right. then something else happens, and all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, this one's going to have to be live, and then we're going to do carpets <laughs> and coffee next week. We're going to have to do that thing there. There's been some time, I think it was like two weeks ago, we had like an NPR, a carpets and coffee, and then like another NPR all in the same week. The Patreon thing, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. We try to keep, we try to be a week ahead just so when something does happen, 
we can be a week ahead and then kind of come back up with it. But well, we yeah. used to do the show live, live for, for yeah. probably half of the time. It was live, terrible. So like, like when, <laughs> when you had to do it on Blog Talk Radio, it was it, had to be it live. was live. It okay. Was, yeah. You know, and then you didn't edit it. There was no editing. There was no nothing. It just it went right up. So if you said something wrong, if you you know what I mean? something stupid, <laughs> yeah, it was somebody called in and you know. Oh uh, yeah. You said you're remastering. You guys can edit now. So yes. if oh, there's yeah. anything off color, like yeah. go ahead. Oh yeah. <laughs> you did too, like just do an intro music, right? You had to like upload a song, and you couldn't like cut it out to where it faded out or anything like it was so it was rough, bad. It rough. Was yeah. rough. But yeah it's all there was mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean it's so it's, it's i mean that that is like a whole level of unsettling nerve like you know you guys speaking right. to each other for 10 minutes and then you know hopping into an episode that's live and you got to put up right then and there mm -hmm. that's yep. yeah man that's throwing yourself out there yeah. It, it's it's funny now when we talk to people who are going to be potential guests the first question is like well what are we going to talk about for two hours come on like yeah. snakes yeah. and yeah you'll be fine i don't know if i can talk for two hours you'll be fine I, yeah. Yeah, I don't i don't know if you guys get it but they always say at the end they'll be like uh oh man I can't oh wow that two hours yeah, that, that yeah, yeah, of course it did. yes it did. <laughs> yeah. um but then the other thing is like it's so much easier now with the editing and with that oh, like yeah taking it being able to take this and chop this and other stuff there there have been there were several moments in the first like two seasons where uh that's where you guys are going to remaster oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i think it learned i think it forced us to be able to learn how to do this live yeah on the spot and, you know right. what i mean like you have no choice it is you either do it and yeah you're going to screw up and that those things are going to happen and you sort of take them and you you move on you know but yeah. like uh um i kind of i i kind of i equate a lot of things like it's like a discipline and uh it's like learning to play guitar right i, I learned on a terrible guitar it was terrible the action was high you couldn't you had to like press down your fingers are bleeding <laughs> when i picked up a, a you know a perfectly intonated stratocaster for the first time that was like flawless in every way it was just it was so easy to play because i've right. already worked out all of those terrible kinks and stuff to, yeah. that you that you go through so yeah so. no one goes and gets a taylor for their first guitar right <laughs> well some people do not i, I almost now. did when i was working yeah. at guitar center but oh well, there you go <laughs> it, it's because the reps were talking me into it just like <laughs> snakes my, so my, my yeah. first guitar i think was like a $75 fender the one you could probably get at Walmart now yeah yeah that was my yeah. and same thing here I mean I didn't spend a, and this is a good mic but it's a $60 mic like I, don't, yeah. I was like yeah I don't know how long we're gonna do this I'm not spending 400 bucks oh yeah. we were um, only a few months like six months in and because I worked at Guitar Center I was like oh I have to have an SM7B I, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast now yes right yeah yeah gotta be like Rogan yeah, I'm, right. I'm, yeah. Bald tattoos, just <laughs> gotta have the mic. That was no, yeah. that was the thing. It was like the mics were tabletop at one point and didn't have mufflers on them, and then they got these little arms, and I think we were calling on our phones, and we had headphones, and then all, everything yeah. progressed. And this has got to be the third or fourth mic iteration because okay. all the other ones have just been 
horribly obsolete. Like they're right. they're not good anymore. First, Mike know. just unplugged from the karaoke machine and put hey, it it's somewhere in the back over there. I mean, just in case that today... that was quite literally what I I did. I mean, it was just <laughs> the the stage mic that I had <laughs> that I had won from work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, so let me ask you guys this. Um, you know what what you know obviously you guys have fun doing it i'm curious what are your guys's like most memorable episodes in 13 uh, you know, years it, yeah and 13 yeah <laughs> i know that's going to be hard but you know i guess it's unfair for me to ask like number one so no but there's got to be a few get, that stand out as yeah, just like top, they top were fun as hell to record or whatever there are several I, and for different reasons so go like, ahead Owen. Yeah. you go first all right let right, me right, hear your um i'm curious Rico. Rico Walden. Yeah, this one. Definitely. That was one. Absolutely. Um, our post Australia, where I think we were just giggling like idiots about like actually doing and finding the things Impelli. like the Impelli. Impelli. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> the holiday episode where I'm thank God it was not video recorded. <laughs> <laughs> where I had to mute myself. Um and um God. Uh then it's like it's just a it's like Cameron um, uh, coming on and doing the Herp history. We just had the Tom Crutchfield Herp history that was cool. Um, uh, gosh. I liked uh, – I'll help you here, Owen. Thank you. I think a, a couple – so Rico Walder was a was a great one, right, yeah. to be able to have talked to him. Right. Uh, what, a, what a great guy. Especially and, before he passed. Um, and so, yeah, and then, yeah. He, and then he had just passed not too long mm -hmm. after that. So I'm glad that that's archived. Um, we talked to Richard Shine, which yes. at the time we were so mm -hmm. unprepared for to talk to like a academic. Of, but but the idea of talking to him was was pretty cool um, to talk to Richard Ross that wrote, you know, the yes. Blue Bible. Um, you know, I mean, you know, this guy's texting me on his phone and I, I've oohed and awed over his book for years. It's like the go to book if you're into Boyd, you know, Boyd's of, of any type. And um, to be able to chat with him, like he said, Cameron from Bushmaster to talk about like when they brought in Savu pythons and going you know, to find like, them. Yeah. yeah. I'm pumped um, that he retired, man. I mean, he had to yeah. at some point, but man, that's, that's a, you know, that's a name to. Yeah, it's especially for, for us in retex. I mean, right, exactly. Yeah. Huge crap. Yeah. And I know they're friends now, but at the time to talk to, you know, like Justin Julander and Nick Button. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just like, I can't believe these guys are talking to us. We're yeah. idiots. They just <laughs> right. wrote the, they no, just wrote right. the book we, and we're dummies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, I used my, he, he got a pair of Slayers from me that I'm going to be sending out to him. And I used that. I was like, hey, send me a signed book, please. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying not to be a fanboy here but sign me yeah. a book yeah yep um but yeah i don't know that's sort of I, there's so many of them i'm sure yeah. we're forgetting yeah i, I mean there has to be but oh you terry can... phillip was another one that um was probably one of our most famous and infamous unfortunately broke him of podcasting yeah everybody oh. contacted him of after yeah. that and was just like he you know he He's not a limelight type of guy, but what an amazing conversation uh, we had with him. Oh, man, it was just it was, it was great. 
Eugene yeah. Bissett. He called me an unproven breeder. Unproven breeder. <laughs> yeah. unproven. Yeah. 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 So, I, do not, I do not have any kids. So. Dude, if Eugene Bissett, I'm sorry, an unproven male. I'm an unproven if, male. Yeah. If Eugene Bissett called me that, I'm changing my Instagram handle <laughs> to that. I wanted, it, I wanted it on a T-shirt somewhere. Right. Yeah, I'm at least changing my, that. <laughs> For a little bit on my Instagram, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that yeah. hilarious. That was the that unproven was breeder one. official. Yeah. yeah, I guess we should have a shirt that says that. Thank huh? you. <laughs> it was merch ideas. Yeah, let's, he asked yeah. me if I had any kids. I said no, and he goes, "So you're an unproven male?" And I'm like, "Well, technically, yes. <laughs> you, you have me there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so. that's great. I've tried to prove myself. I don't know. <laughs> did not, but all right. Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> Oh, there have yeah. been so many though. I mean, yeah. it's hard to peg him down. I mean, you guys have definitely had a list of some iconic people on and and you know, that alone, you know, mm. it's going to bring you know, listeners in and and you know, it, you know, for me and I'll even say like how I started listening to you guys is, you know, I heard about an episode that you guys had with um I can't even remember who but it was someone that I was like very very interested in and you know like the work that they did with snakes and mm -hmm. you know i listened to that and then you know a couple months later someone else i liked you guys would have on and i'd listen to that and then now i just love you guys shooting the shit and you know talking about nothing yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, those are my favorite episodes yeah that's what nipper keeps saying and i'm like why it's just, <laughs> just well, lunacy and he goes but that's what i love i'm like i'm fine well yeah. whenever lucas and i sit down for a lounging episode he's like all right what are your topics i'm like i just want to sit down and like talk yeah, I, th I think everyone's going to be it's, cool it's, it's with It's a that. little over control in me. It's like, let's have some form of a game plan. I love oh, we're it so much see, alike, Lucas. You can see it. It's right there. It's so much apparently alike. this is the formula that freaking works. It's, right. Eric's like, I have a bullet point. I'm like, I'm just here. Like, yeah, it's like, let's just have fun. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Um, speaking of just, I guess, since Lucas is going to give his origin NPR story, I mean, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but I got into you guys just to pass the time while like walking around my neighborhood after back surgery or wow. riding my bike. It was like, how am I going to keep doing this mindless task yeah. for as long as possible? <laughs> right. And you guys were the answer. Yeah. It was you and I think like reptile talk. Okay. Yeah, okay. those were the two that I'd really jump between if I wasn't into like a, a comedy mood. So, so that was that nice. was cool. That's uh, so like over the history, I I mean we've talked about memorable. What about controversial podcasts? Yeah. So, uh, what are your most controversial, and how have you guys kind of uh, leveled those out so you you know it wasn't backfiring too much on you? I mean, there used to be riots when we wouldn't put out an episode a week <laughs> because people would be like, "How? what am I supposed to listen to when I clean my snakes? I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry. So the so, most controversial thing is missing a, a release. No, 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 <laughs> there have been several. <laughs> you know, I think there was a period of time where I was into carpet python morphs had started hitting hard. Mm. And along with those morphs came a lot of drama. Yeah, I know. And I don't know. I guess like between crossing like subspecies or sales no, and representation. Money. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember hearing about some of this on some yeah. of the early episodes I listened to. Yeah, you yeah. know, it would always be like you know this. You know, there was there was like these two worlds, right? There was these two breeders in Europe of carpet pythons, and and 
you know, they got along great, but the people that were, you know, affiliated with each of those two people did not, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, if, if you got it from him, that's garbage. If you got it from him, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff and your stuff right. isn't pure and he crossed it with this and and you're reducing the prices and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I lasted in that for like maybe six months. And then I was like, this is just dumb. Like, what are we doing, man? And then, and then me and Owen made a point from that point on to like, not get involved in drama. Yeah. That yeah. we, we we adopted the NPR must remain neutral. Yeah, we're Switzerland. Um, yeah, we, we we will we will obviously talk about all points, and Eric and I will have our opinions. But NPR is to get information out, and not to sit there and yeah. So try not to we try I to think, convey the news, not make the news. I think yeah. it's it's one of the things that I don't like about the world today is that you can't disagree with somebody and no. have a discussion right and try to come to common ground or to me it always made me think like okay if i can't talk with you about a topic and my points don't hold up when you're asking me questions then i have to take a look at what i'm thinking like you know i'm not thinking right because i should be able to talk to you and and when you come at me with a you know oh well I don't know, pick any of it. Like, you know, uh, can you keep this in a rack or a cage or does it have to have, right. you know, you know, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. it would be. Um, insert and, controversial topic. Here. Yeah. Correct. Insert and, reptile and it, conversation. Yeah. And what's the point of just e either, either we're just going to talk to each other and we agree and, and, you know, nobody gets anything out of it because we're in our own echo, echo chamber where everybody is mm -hmm. agreeing with what we're saying. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't, I just, I know sometimes there has to be, you have to address certain things and whatnot, but like, I don't know, man, I'm not into the people as much as I'm into the snakes. Like yep. I, yep. I, I, that's, that's a great I know that motto sounds... to live by though. I feel like, you know, and then don't get me wrong. Like I, I think that, you know, the community is extremely important, but mm -hmm. you yeah. know, definitely putting the animals first. And, you know, I actually like that, that, mantra like npr staying neutral you know my my biggest thing for 2024 is to try and do more of that yeah um and to comment the least amount i can on well, social lucas, media. lucas i know we've talked about this a, a ton on the podcast uh and I think it's funny because we've been drawing similarities. I, I mean, I don't know if we're, we're reaching a little bit too much, but the, we, we did have kind of a similar message when yeah. we talk to each other when building this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, was a... this isn't, this isn't to highlight any of the community drama that's going on week to week. Like yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is to talk about the animals. Yeah. The, the, the exception was the Samson stuff. And that yeah, was right. that, that's those, an exception I'm willing to make. Certain things exactly. go above and beyond and right, exactly. must be addressed. So it, uh, obviously Eric and I are plugged into the reptile community and you go to a show and you hear about how this breeder has drama with that breeder and because of this snake and that snake, and they want to come on NPR this week so they can blast this guy. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no. <laughs> that, that, dude, that, I mean, that could be a whole new segment. Exactly. <laughs> and you'll, 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 you'll title it, hash it out. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it won't be a hash out. It yeah. will be, I'm going to blast you and then we're going to go online and blast each other. Yeah. And it's just going to be riffs and divides where it's like. Those aren't live episodes. The crazy... Exactly. They can't be. Yes. Oh. Re, just reformat re, Reptile Fight Club. You know? Well, I, <laughs> yeah, right. It was not, I that, think, it was, that show was not what I was expecting it to be. I think so. the, the, you know, the thing that, again, going back to the Moralia community, the thing that I always loved is like, I am meeting people that I never would have mm-hmm. been right. friends with, would have mm-hmm. talked to, would have met. So it pushes me out of my comfort zone to, 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 to be involved with different people than, you know, uh, that like normally I would, we don't agree on, you know, politics or, or, you know, I, whatever, whatever is going on in the world today or whatever. But like here we have this common thing and it makes me, like I can appreciate you. And then I sort of start to look at that and say, well, I appreciate you for this. Maybe I should appreciate you for that as well. Like, okay. And that, you know, I, I just think, I don't know, to me, that's so much more important than it. It's such an easy thing to do. If you want to get views and ratings is just talk about drama and you'll get it. It'll come. It, mm-hmm. it, it'll be mm-hmm. easy because everybody wants to hear that. You know, yep. it's much harder Mm-hmm. To do it when you're talking about the animals and make that the interesting thing. Right. You know, no, I couldn't agree more. So, Jerry Springer to rely on Omaha. You know? <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred yeah, percent. So yeah, to rely on, on drama as a form of content is, is kind of scary. It's also yeah. thinking, thinking about it. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't want to do feel that. like, yeah, you put yourself in that mindset. I could feel myself going down the road of being just negative and everything is negative. And this person's trying to go, you know, this person's trying to do this and that and all this stuff. And it's just like that. Wait, hold on. Stop this. No, 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 no. Yeah. We can't do this. No, it, it's yeah. a lot of energy. And, and you, you know, you'll you'll you know, you get into that game and, and you won't be off of your phone. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's yeah, too, too much, too much energy. Yeah. Um, yep. So let, let me ask you guys uh, this, you know, you guys now have, you know, there's Morelia Python radio, but you guys have the Morelia Python network. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that I love that you guys did that. And um, you have other segments of different podcasts that are under the network. You guys do carpets of coffee. There's the reptile fight club and a few more that you guys, you know, have under that network. What, what led to kind of going down that, that path, and to, to venture out and, you know, even making the decision of under the, you know, Morelia Python network of having other people have a podcast on there. And um, I'll let you guys answer that. And then I kind of have a second part of that question. Eric didn't have enough to do. So <laughs> um, we yeah. decided the best thing we do is add more shows for him to edit. It was so, kind of like, yeah. I came to this. Yeah. I came to this crossroads and I'm, I'm, I guess we'll talk about it later too, but like, um, it, you know, what is my legacy going to be in the reptile hobby? Is it going to be what, like, what is it? And I'm like, well, this is dumb because I have this thing that we created years ago. Why not focus on that? Why not make that the legacy or, you know, or I don't even know if you want to call it a legacy, but like, I guess giving back to the, to the reptile world. Right. Because I felt that, that the reptile world opened, opened its arms to me and took me in and I didn't really have a whole lot of, you know, uh, trouble with people or whatever. And, and I thought like, you know, well, this is my way to give back, to do this work, to, 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 to make information more readily available so that people don't have to, you know, uh, 
scour the internet and you know because i think i think sometimes reptile keepers i don't think that they mean to but i think like you know there's this always this friction between the new people coming in and the old people that have been here forever and you know that whole deal and like i don't know i'm just trying to make it easier for that you know right. and, and and trying to uh, bring the community together rather than push it apart mm -hmm. um and and the the other part of it is is like the thing that frustrates me and i learned this early on because rob stone used to call me every week with notes you know like hey Eric, this isn't this this you said this wrong this isn't right what are you doing the, you know you guys are totally off on these facts and, and all this stuff yeah. so you know we're spending all this time doing these podcasts and then i would hear other people talk about moralia and they just get it all wrong. They just get it all wrong. And I'm just like, oh man, all the work we did is just unraveled because your show is more mainstream than than our show. And um, oh man, how do I how do we deal with this? And it was like when we would talk about those other species, I felt like I wasn't qualified to talk about colubrids, right? I just felt mm -hmm. like there's I don't no know the first thing about them. Right. That, yeah, I, you know, held a couple. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I have a few. Yeah. And um <laughs> Yeah, Zach Loafman approached me, and he's somebody that I, you know, admire and think is is a great asset to the reptile community, and knows a ton about colubrids. Like, wrote know, a so book like, and is coming out with another one. Yes. Yeah. So, so why not have him do it? You know, right. or you know, um, you know, Justin just doing a podcast. I I felt like, I felt like these guys and and girls. There was a couple that were girls yeah. and whatnot, but they're not doing it anymore but yeah. like I, I felt that they had a voice that needed to be heard mm -hmm. but didn't have the ability to put it out there so it's like okay we're gonna offer you our platform so that you can put it out there and just that's we're, really how it came to be yeah and we're very hands-off when it comes to the shows like we don't tell yeah. justin what he's supposed to do um <laughs> we'll pull rank every once in a while but he that doesn't really do anything <laughs> um so um but it's, he's like, all right, I hear you guys. Yeah, okay, I'm right. I'll right on that, Owen, and I'm like, good, and yeah. then uh, nothing happens. So, um, but it's the idea is that you know we would have these people on, and they would talk to us about their boas or something else, and we know enough to be dangerous. It's like trying to do electric electrical work at your house, right? You know, I can I know enough to be dangerous, but like <laughs> I really want to get a professional in there every once in a while, um, where to ask the right questions to kind of guide it around. So as our kind of sphere of influence grew we ran into these people who are excellent experts and people that we want to be around and you know they asked and we said sure and now we got the boa podcast we got the collier Brids, we got reptile fight club um there's so many i don't remember i, I was just about to <laughs> ask like there. what are the what are the core podcasts on oh, your network that like people can expect to come and love npr is always first oh, oh, um, then yeah. carpets and here. coffee carpets yeah. and coffee was actually a Riley's, podcast that yeah. riley did yeah and he, he did it with us came and with, then he kind of yeah and then he yeah. stepped away for a bit and you know we kept it going uh we yeah, got he, uh, he gave us permission to keep rolling with it and then uh Clubboard Radio, yeah, yeah. Boas, 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 Reptile yep. Fight Club, the Monitor guys. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. The Australian guys. I know he just had a kid. 
so trying to trying figure to that out. And, yeah, yeah, the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing yeah, Monitor yeah. Keeping Podcast. So you have those two. You have Colubrid and Colubroid Radio, yep. Bozbos, mm-hmm. Boas, Reptile Fight Club, Carpet to yep. Coffee, and NPR. Yep. Yeah. yeah. At awesome. one point, I think we had like ten or so. Yeah. And then people just, you know, it, it's very hard to be committed to keep putting out content and <laughs> we, yeah. and to do it. Yeah. It's a weekly. lot. It's, it's, oh, a, God, it's yeah. another job, even though it's, it's one night a week, maybe a few nights a week based on what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's still another, it's a gig. Yeah. On yeah. top of your reptile collection, on top of your normal job, on top of, Family your family work. Oh, yeah. I, I tell people i work friends. for four jobs even though the oh, yeah. podcast <laughs> doesn't sound like a lot yeah. yeah 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 it's it's just it's one of those things where uh, we always talked about because there were there were a bunch of podcasts that kind of came up around the same time that we did um several of which who attempted to fight us i don't know how that would happen but <laughs> they wanted to and it's like they would eventually go from weekly releases to bi-weekly and once a month well once every other month and then they just yeah. be gone and then there'd be like maybe a revival under several different new hosts and then eventually they go bi-weekly monthly yeah. gone yeah. i'm like okay well yep so so on that topic then over 13 years what's been the hardest thing for you guys i mean maybe beyond consistency of releasing the podcast for you guys in terms of just producing a reptile podcast there have been there have been days there have been several times where um i've been like feeling eric and i will kind of change on that it's like you feel burnt out Mm -hmm. you feel dragged you know whether work is kicking your ass or your reptile collection's kicking your ass or family's kicking your ass something's beating you down and you have to sit down in a chair and you have to sit in front of a mic and you have to give you have to be be active and participate right and there is that maybe not the the upside of having a co-host that is the point of it is like yeah i have been in the chair where i was reluctant to get into it and then had two hours of just unplugged good reptile talk to just kind of drag you back yeah and and like give Give you you some energy some life exactly it kind of rejuvenated like there have been several times where i've told eric i'm like i i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not I'm not good this episode. I'm not okay. Um, and, yeah. And then he'll ride with it. He'll carry it. And then 10 minutes in, I'm I'm rolling with it and I'm in it. And there's been the other reverse where he's yeah. told me he's not into it. There have been like when several... he's throwing up in a bucket. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that, and, and you're and you're man. and you're texting him, like, get your shit together. Get man. your shit yeah, together. Man. Or he's like breathing through his inhaler. And I'm like, Stop it's being fine. a baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe the enough. only benefit I have over you guys is, you know, I, I think we've both experienced kind of the same thing, but you know, my life kind of fell apart a little bit halfway through like the life of the this podcast. Year, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I have a therapist as a co-host, so I, I got, to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, got free therapy out of it. Like those episodes <laughs> where I didn't think I could sit down and record, I was like, all right, we're doing this, but you're going to talk to me. After. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. have been several times where, and it, it used to be just me and Eric be like, well, we got to go like sit down, have a dinner, have drinks or whatever. And then it's like slowly expanded out to our local reptile friends where somebody mm-hmm. will message to be like, guys, we got to do a herping trip. We got to do like a dinner. We got to do something because I, I, I feel like crap. 
uh yeah i, I just had my prize animal drop that on me something is Man. yeah and it's yeah. just having that network i think without that we would not have gone as far mm -hmm. as we have because there Definitely are several not. people in this area that you know if i'm feeling crummy i know i can go visit and spend an afternoon with and yeah. replugs it rejuvenates and people i met through the show yeah. you know yeah. People who now totally like uh, friends that I'll have for the rest of my life, people yep. I went to Australia with yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, I feel that way about, you know, our Patreon community. I mean, it's kind mm -hmm. of cheating because they're, they're, you know, paying for support. Paying for so, <laughs> right. But, but I'll, I'll say this, um, as you two probably, you might be aware or might not, but there's days in the retake community where I'm just like, I want to throw in the freaking towel. Like I'm mm -hmm. tired of this crap. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and the, the, you know, I'll go onto the discord, I'll see the conversations and I'm just like, okay, these are my people. This is what's pushing me. Like, this is my community mm -hmm. um, that I really need to put the time and energy into. And um, yeah, it makes the, the hard days, uh, even with the personal hard days, like going yeah. back to, to them is, is definitely, you know, something that has kept, me from you know just keep chugging along yeah i think for me yeah i've i've gone through this many times with burnout and you know it's it luckily it hasn't ever happened to where me and owen are both burned out at the mm -hmm. same time so that's good so i'm sure that has something to do with the longevity but um no i mean i guess in a nutshell i just i just you know i enjoy talking snakes with owen i think i think that um the it's good that we kind of look at the world a little bit different i guess and i think we've just kind of grown together over these years that you know I, I think we see the world a lot more but like when i'm really thinking about a situation you know i'll run it by owen and he's always the common sense type of guy you know like it, it, this is a dumb example but this would be the example like you know, I hatch out this carpet python and it, it's just out of the egg. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. This is, you know, sending them pictures and whatnot and all this. I'm, I'm on a high horse like you couldn't believe. And he's just like, wait till it sheds. Wait till it sheds. <laughs> right. why, why, don't we, why don't we pump the brakes here a little bit? Let it shed. Let it give me a couple meals and then and we'll figure like, some shit right. out. Oh. And well, especially, you know. especially with pop ones where they change color. Yes. Like you don't know what you have. A hundred percent. I thought he was going to go with it. So. The other part is that NPR is only as big as it is, is because Eric has these fantastical, wonderful ideas and goes all out on this stuff. But then there are some that I have to drag him back to earth oh, yeah. with. There's and that. He's too. like, he's like, we're going to have a magazine. And I'm like, <laughs> a, a what? A magazine. Well, yeah. articles. And I'm like, you need to knock that off yeah. right now. Who reads I magazines? Stop. I barely yeah. speak English. Like, right. I don't know why we're about to put out a literary document. who's writing these no. articles who's writing who's doing this like it no so we will no <laughs> no yeah not at all yeah yeah I, I would definitely say nathan's the more grounding one yeah that that's funny to me too yeah. just because like you're the, you're the therapist and in my professional life i'm the artist so like i i don't know how the hell that worked itself yeah. out but right. yeah it's true it yeah. is yep oh uh, um, so let's go ahead and I, I want to ask one last question about NPR in general. And then, you know, we, we, you know, I, after this, I kind of want to go a little bit into like reticulated Python talk. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. So, so what are your plans for, 
the continuation and growth of NPR and the other shows under the network? What are the plans for the future? Have you guys had any thoughts on like where you want to go and you know, what, what's, what's next, I guess. Not a magazine. Hmm. No, not a no, magazine no, that, no, that, that, that died years ago and will never be re- reincarnated. That's gone. Um, I, I, I've said it numerous times. I'm, I'll keep, I'll keep doing this until one of us calls it in. Because that's the other thing is that like people are like, oh, well, you know, if Eric bails, I'll be your co-host. I'm like, no, no, you yeah. won't replace him. No. How dare you, sir? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, get away from me. Especially not this late into it. No, Hell no, yeah. no, it, no, no, no. I'd they're listening. Yeah, they, it's not, it's, it's like, you know, it's like a band, right? You know, yep. the original lineup, it, it, you can have the most talented musicians come in after that original lineup, but there's something magic about the original lineup and when it's different it's now changed so right. yeah. I, I just feel like if it wasn't me and owen it wouldn't be npr anymore so that if you saw axel rose headline acdc you did not see acdc okay <laughs> right exactly that, there it goes <laughs> i mean as far I, I don't know man i you know I, I i i'm really working um hard on the website because i want a uh, I'm inspired by, uh, there's a website, um, it's West Indian Boas, and the amount of just detail that's on this website about West Indian Boas is just, you know, such an inspiration. And I always had this idea that I wanted to have a place where people could go to to learn about Morelia and then sort of like, I, I, I looked at it in my brain like a like a hub of Morelia and then sort of pushes you out into the right places and the right people and the right, you know, uh, things and um you can listen to the people like just that that ease of access to information um right. is is sort of like what i'm trying to do as far as i don't know we keep trying to do different things like uh you know i think it's important to talk about the history of herpticulture and really sort of um sort of highlight some of the people that are the founding member because i i just don't think they get enough credit you know um yeah yeah, I think that that the hobby wouldn't be like it is, and they just want to, you know. I see a lot of people just want to, you know, oh, they they didn't keep right and this and that. But the, the technology wasn't there, and somehow they still made it work. Like, right. it's not you. It's we, not we their still fault that you have not taught us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, um, and I, I just feel like I think that I just want to. Uh, I, for me personally, I I really would love to write. A, I call it the accompaniment, accompaniment to the complete carpet python because to go to some of those places and, and take pictures of localities of those animals or uh, observe carpet pythons doing what I, and green trees too, but I only be able to see the Australia ones. But um, but just sort of have that. That's, that's sort of a goal of mine. Um, uh, you know, I just think that that would be something that I would want as, as somebody into this you know um, right so i don't know and then just keep doing what we're doing you know mm-hmm. I, yeah <laughs> I, I think that would take me to like you know I, i'm bringing the locality retics and getting into new stuff i got the podcast like what i really need um to like really fill my cup up is i need to start getting out and herping and and oh, uh, in other countries yeah. with the species i love like it's, it's a game changer man that it's, broke it's, eric yeah yeah it's it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a dream i live in one of the best places to herp and i've only done like this much yeah and i mean just to be able to go to indonesia or even dude, australia i swear is a country that like did not get impacted by the freaking meteor that struck earth with the dinosaurs and it literally is just 
a, nice. a, a, it's a fountain of crazy animals. Lucas, we need else. to do a Patreon like GoFundMe. Like, let's get Lucas and Nate to Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Indonesia, think... exactly. <laughs> we we you know, tried and we raised five dollars. I, I think I, when we did it. Yeah. All right, so will, let's don't try. Right. This was a yep. this was a bad idea. I will. Bought me M and M's. I will die on this hill, but um, I think that people don't. It's like because for a long time I thought it was not possible to take a trip to Australia. It would cost too much. It would, you know, all these things. I don't know. I'm going to Australia in October. The tickets were like $1,400. You're skipping out on Carpet Fest, man. I know. No, we're, <laughs> know. No, we're having it earlier. <laughs> no, the, the, the Texas was. Carpet oh, Fest. The is Texas one. And Reptilandia that I know you two want to go to. Oh, Thank my you. God. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll go. When is it? There's something... You know, when COVID happened, we sort of stopped. We couldn't go to Australia. Yeah. Um, so we had to start herping in the States. And that gave me a whole new appreciation for, you know, what's right in our backyard. Um, we spent a lot of time out West. Utah oh, where, was beautiful. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Amazing place. Holy shit. Is that place? We're amazing. spoiled out here. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've, we I've are heard, so I've spoiled. Heard I've heard it's beautiful, but I've also heard there like some of the, the climate and land out there is also scary. Oh. Like, Ask but Justin Lucas, Justin just come out here. Stop being the, a wimp. No, I no, I will. I'll be out there. Um, Ask Justin Julander where to go, and he will point you in the right direction in Utah. Yeah, I, oh, oh, I ha I have buddies down south that herp all mm -hmm. the time and are just photographers. Like they they keep, but like I I look at them as more like herpticulturists than yeah. anything else. When yeah, I first saw my first wild python, it was a gelatin carpet python. Nice was I, I can't i can't put it into words what it's like to see a python just going across the road yeah. it's just it's not normal for us to see it's like we've only seen these in a cage or a tub or a cup uh yeah. <laughs> you know right it's, it's like now it's on the road right here it, it's gotta be gate i don't know i perspective wise it's got to be game changing oh, to go change. out and, and see your passion yeah. you know your passion you know reptile out in the wild like it's it's yeah. yeah that's like my number on my number one bucket list a dream mine yeah. it's fun because it's you, you, the build-up is insane like you're like i'm finally here i'm finally doing it yeah. and then you're walking with your friends down this path and it's just like it feels like you're almost on some sort of weird expedition and stuff like that to find it and then God, it was like raining. It was kind of cold, and then we like tripped over a water python, and That's like awesome. and that was and that was it. That was it. It was done. <laughs> yeah, and I was. It was the most beautiful water python I've ever seen. And like it was I'm... probably missing an eye. It was something was wrong with it. Like it was, <laughs> but at yeah. that point, it was great, and it just yeah. the stuff that you build to it. It it it's, sell a couple snakes, go to Australia. You know, I'm keeping my powder dry for the Kimberly because if they go and find a rough scale python without me. I Oof. have to disown Eric and Dude, I don't want to first do that. off if you, if you're able <laughs> yeah. to get out to that that area where they're yeah. that's going to be I mean the the amount of people that have gone out there and seen them in the wild is is so yeah. minuscule that Rob that, Stone, that would be awesome. Rob Stone well, is a fantastic planner yeah. and oh, he has he is he has, really good. He has like an arrow focus on what we're going to find and then you know what if we find other stuff on the way it's cool too but 
It's just fun. I'm, I'm I'm getting good at planning. I'm trying, you know, I'm working my wife on getting some mm. girls and going to Bali, and they can go to the resort while I'm just out in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, finding retakes. Yeah, right. Lucas like, hasn't reached out to me once for this trip. Oh, <laughs> listen, I got, dude, I gotta, I gotta find a way for my wife to be like, sure, you can leave for two weeks while I have the daughter here. Right, <laughs> like that. That that's my first hurdle. Then once I pass that, you're the first person. It's I'm plans. We gotta, we yeah. gotta get there. And step by step. That's what I say. I'm good yeah. at planning. I think yeah, it's was... it's invaluable the information that you can learn just being in the same environment right. as the species you keep. Yeah. It is just night and like I can reach into a cage and feel. And again, it, you know, this is the other thing I had to learn when doing this. Right, you're just there, and it's a snapshot in time of what this animal goes through on a daily basis, and things could change the next day or you know whatever and you're just seeing this little tiny snapshot but at least it gives you a feel for like humidity was something that like i never focused on humidity with carpet pythons they didn't mm -hmm. you know they seem to do okay without it and whatever i come back you know from there just changed my total concept of that because it was so humid it was right. so humid right and it's like well this has to play a part in somehow like absolutely yeah they can yeah. maybe they can survive without it but wouldn't they be better with it? So how do I replicate that in captivity with, you know, because obviously you can't put nature in a box, but you can try, you know, right. but, um, you know, just does it need it type of thing. And, and just the, the amount of information that I learned about size and weight and what we look at in the hobby and what we think is, you know, uh, what is, what a Python looks like. And let me what, guess, we're all overfeeding. Huh. Well, that's number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Welcome you know. to America. Yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, even like, you know, I'm, I'm almost wondering, you know, it just in my green tree Python enclosures, you know, I'll open it and I'll, you know, stick my hand into the enclosure to change the water. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is humid in here. Right. Um, so I can imagine, you know, being out in Papua New Guinea and sweating bullets, even though you've only <laughs> taken five steps and yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that's awesome. And that's kind of, you know, that next level that, you know, I'm sure Nathan is probably on board to go just about anywhere if we're able to, <laughs> um, but, but I want to honestly, even a trip to Southern Utah to hang out with my friend and her, like th right. that's, mm -hmm that's high on my list and it's just something i've i've not done yeah, like I've, I've lived in i'm sorry go ahead. go ahead no no no, go ahead i was gonna say i've, I've lived in texas for seven years i've yet to see a rattlesnake oh, oh i've seen rattlesnakes so at least i've oh, seen man. i've seen not several i've seen several western corals they're huge compared I, to the ones that i saw in florida but man i think i'm up to 12 species of rattlesnakes that we found in nice. the yeah. u.s yeah there's some really cool like the, the midget faded is oh. like the one i want to go see in oh. southern utah holy shit that's nice yes yeah 100 percent. so i i want to you know we we are a retake podcast but let me give you yep. some background on why i want to talk to you guys about retakes you guys had me on your podcast um <laughs> to talk about the ethics of keeping retakes and you you guys you know it, the, the questions you guys sent me, it was very, you know, you guys set up for a great podcast, but I don't feel like I got enough time to actually hear your guys' true, like, perspectives on reticulated pythons, and, you know, I figured why not do it on our retake podcast, mm -hmm. and so... You know, well, and where they sit in, in the hobby today, I think would be really interesting, too. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm curious for each of you, um, you know, I, I heard, Eric, you said earlier, you used to, you had retics, um, mm -hmm. Oh, uh, 
Oh, when have you had retakes before? And I had three. I am down to one. Okay. Um, and I, I'm curious, like, um, what are your guys' thoughts on, you know, keeping them in in captivity? And you know, you guys have downsized with the number of retakes and things like that. Like, what what's your thoughts on like just captively keeping reticulated pythons? I I think that's a lot of snake for the small areas that we continually give them. And I am on the cusp of kind of outrunning my own coverage with my own retic because of what, how big she's gotten and what I can provide her as far as cage goes. Um, I do see that some people are doing a fantastic job with keeping large snakes and I'll include Afrox, sperm, stuff like that. I forget the name of the one guy I love on Instagram or whatever, but he has an entire giant walk-in white cage in the middle of a, I guess his apartment or house or whatever that he steps in and he's got like two, I think, berms. They could be Afrox, but it's big enough that these big animals can get on the ledges, can crawl around, and he has to step in and like walk across their enclosure. So I do think that there is an, a, people can do it, and and do it correctly just that's a lot of space and it's a lot of a thing to kind of understand that you might have to provide so yeah this one is a tough one for me in that i i think and by the way i want this to be bullshit aside like mm. full honesty from the outside yeah. perspective talking yeah. to the retic community you know I think that retics have a problem that they are one of the most beautiful pythons in the they entire are. world. Right? Uh, yeah, hands down. Hands yep. down. Like, I mean, as much as I love carpet pythons, I do, they don't hold a candle to weigh a, just a normal wild retic. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and it's very tempting appealing i've been there so i'm speaking from experience you know when you're buying these small snakes they look amazing it's just another snake 10 become 12 12 become 20 20 become 30 never and the next thing you know i, I mean i don't know i think that the morph thing just in general just screws up reptiles like mm -hmm. I, I i'm not anti-morph at all it's just that it just seems like it no i, it, I found it, myself it, in this situation where it doesn't become about what i have it's what i can make or yeah. what i can get it, it definitely yeah. drives the hype on the animal yeah it's, it, it's the one-upsman thing right yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 100%. It's, it's, it's that mentality and the fear of not being relevant if you don't get what's new and Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, I we, we call it the world's in the retake, you know, community, we call it the world's first phase, right? Yes. There's like mm -hmm. a huge part, you know, where, where the overproduction of retakes was, you know, because of everyone chasing the world's first and every world's first that's produced is an orange snake. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, you know, so yeah, I totally agree in that aspect. I, I think that the, you know, the other part of it is, is like, I I think at least for me, right. When I was keeping in racks and stuff, I found ways to, again, I'm not anti rack and I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to tell you what to do or what not to do. I'm just speaking for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just found that I was always trying to justify it in ways that 
if I, you know, again, when you're talking to people that don't agree with you, or you're starting to listen to people that don't necessarily have the same point of view, you, your, your theories or your, you know, they start to get, you know, you start to see the cracks in, in, in the, in the wall. And, um, mm-hmm. I just think if we're being honest, you know, I, th- I think, I think we talked about this on the show. Like one of the frustrating things to me about size of snakes is the idea that, you know, oh, well, this has this much super dwarf blood in it, and somehow it's only going to grow to be 13 feet. Like, That's 13, 13 feet, feet of snake. snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are we talking about here? Um, yeah. You know, 13 feet, a uh, 13 foot snake can do a lot of damage to you. I mean, there's a video of a guy in Australia that was just going and he's just picking up a coastal carpet python, maybe oh, nine ripped foot. Him apart. And it ripped oh, yeah. him apart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, if they're really like defensive and they're pulling back at you while you're trying to get them off, yeah, you can get lacerations mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think again, you know, they have a problem that they're they're so beautiful and they're so. It seems like you know, from my experience with them, that they're just a different animal than the pythons that I've kept. I don't. I you know, I don't. I know some people equate that to being smarter or they have more intelligence. I I, I don't know if that's the case but with 30 different seven different species of python that i've dealt with it's like those were just on a different level you know i think apodora is on the right to me is the pinnacle level that snake is no joke and i you know um but i don't know i i you know i i think I think it seems like, at least from what I see from maybe the guests that you guys have on or, you know, is sort of my only window into the retech world is um, that it seems like people are trying to do better or have smaller collections. I don't know if that's accurate. The, maybe I'm not uh, listening to the, the right people. The, the, I mean, <laughs> in I think, certain circumstances, sure. I, I think it's the newer generation of retic keepers that are coming in and they were brought in from the you know, other communities where a lot of these people, you know, are doing bioactive setups or naturalistic enclosures, whatever the case may be. And a lot of them yeah. are getting into like the Superdor stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And well, and I, I want to know your guys' thoughts on that, because I mean, I even have some of the smallest bloodlines of Superdorf, but I mean, it's maybe not a 13 foot snake, but it's a it's a nine foot snake and definitely still is a it ton is... of work, something still to be totally respected. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, we have new people coming in that were already in other communities doing it well, mm-hmm. and it's kind of shaking the retic world up a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the people have been doing this forever are now kind of being looked at in a judgmental way. And then you have, you have some of the old keepers, one of my best friends in the community, Chris McVicker, he's been doing this for, you know, two decades and, and he, you know, he redid his garage. He got big, way bigger enclosures than what he was keeping them in. And he's adapting. He's making the adjustments. Yeah. But then, but then you have the people that don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's the ones they had highlighted, and that's the ones that the podcast people talk about, and that's the ones that the YouTubers are talking about, and they yeah. highlight all that negativity. And again, that's why sort of like me and Owen adopted that. Like, why am I going? Like, why am I going to give this person an ounce of my time? Or, you know, I'm just not. But then you have the situations like, again, you see the situation with the Samson thing and you're just like, well, how does this even happen? Like, you know, like that he still has defenders that come out for him. Yeah, no, it's which was they're they're far in between. But yeah, they're still there. Right. So it's but, but even even he's posting 
pictures on social media now he's still getting 50 likes right and it's, it's like there, there shouldn't be one yeah there's there's the thing of that the reptile community becomes stagnant at a certain point in certain things and to get a ball rolling seems to be something that people just don't want to do even if part of you understands that this has to move forward there's always a better progression people are like oh yeah well i just slap a plant light on it and it's fine okay but now we have these uv leds that are better like you know we can kind of move forward in different things so yeah at one point they were all in cages and racks and drawers or they had this much footage towards their cages but now we have the ability to get larger cages now they have the ability to do different things so why not incorporate them I mean, th that's a breeder mentality, but Eric, I'll let you go before I give my two cents on that. Well, what I was going to say is why I don't have retics anymore is because I can't keep them correctly. So I think at some point you have to, you know, there's a, you know, over the last five years, I've made a lot of decisions in as far as like not worrying about what the community thought, not worrying about what Owen thought, not worrying about anything but myself. What, what? Is this right that I'm doing this? Right. And and I think the more you herp, the more you struggle with this, right? right? You struggle with this. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like, am I, am I, are we even supposed to do this? You know, and I know that's a bad thing to say. And like you can't have that conversation because then, you know, uh, your animal rights person. No, I'm, no, not at all. I love keeping snakes. I I do. I see myself keeping snakes forever, but mm -hmm. I want to do it right. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, and and I think that like just because it worked in 1996 doesn't mean it works in 2024. Like literally, you know, yeah. you have to evolve. Like, okay, well, well, think think about you just just your own life. I mean, mm -hmm. if, sure. if you were living the same way you were living 20 years ago, you would have a <laughs> shitty life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're supposed to grow up and yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially yeah. be dead. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and I I just think that 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 you know the morph thing it's it, it i i sort of get the vibe from the morph retic world that they're trying to be the next ball pythons and that's just a terrible approach to take like mm -hmm. you just you're it's like night and day you're talking about a snake that maybe gets six foot as opposed to you know even a small super dwarf whatever you want to call it if it is what you know uh right if we're it's, still talking if it's, about an eight foot snake well yeah. And, yeah. and i think that's been some of my hesitation getting into newer morphs within the super dwarf world is you know i am a dwarf super or i am a morph super dwarf guy and like when I think about adding new morphs, it's just like it's not to the point where I want it yet, and it, I'm not trying to be the first. Yeah, right. No. Like then, you know, yeah. like anthrax, for example, right? Like I, yeah, I have, I have some fifty percent anthrax here, but it's first generation across the mainland, and and not you know not a lot of people are are you know going to jump into a project like that because it's that something first generation I love, cross, but right? I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the... but again, Nathan's a pretty responsible keeper <laughs> it's the back surgery i can't keep anything over 10 feet without being scared for for throwing out something right 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 um so i, I guess to wrap up kind of read the talk because I, I feel like we got a lot of just you know true honest opinions there um i'd love to hear from you guys if you think there's anything that retail keepers uh can learn from carpet python keepers that would benefit the animal and the keeper um i would say don't worry about being the first one to produce a morph 
if you have a morph you like, worry about enhancing that morph. Be the best at mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. morph. Don't worry about taking that to the next level and crossing with the newest thing because where we've seen more breeders have longevity in Morelia are the people who found their morph, their thing that they love, that and niche. then they just tried to make it better. Mm-hmm. So you have gamma um, jacks, which is just diamond jungle jags that they just poured yellow into the point that they're neon yellow, that people want these things. They have had um, Eric Hernandez's red line stuff. People are lining up trying to get to that things. Like yep. it's always the taking the project and molding it and making it yours to where people will want to come to you for this. It's like, well, have them be the ones that are going to take this one of your animals and cross it with the newest thing. Fine. Go over there and do that. But they want to have your stock because your stock is the best representation of this mutation. If that's what you're going to do, if you want to do more sets, my suggestion is find your thing and stick with that. Love that. What about locality and, and maybe into the dwarf super dwarf stuff? I I mean, just coming from the, the world of, uh, of Morelia and how, you know, that's kind of old. There are sacrilege. Yeah. You you guys have a similar problem to what do, Carca yeah. Pythons have. In you you guys as... just overcame the problem. We haven't <laughs> yet. Yeah. That, that's... No, no, we haven't yet. <laughs> so it's, uh, not yet. We're figuring it out. Um, We're going to have some problems in a minute. Um, It's you're not allowed to cross the streams. So you can't take a Brisbane coastal and breed it to another coastal because now they're separate things so brisbane's can only be bred with brisbane's so well if you really want to if you really want your brain to explode when it comes yeah. to like species and subspecies and taxonomy and whatnot morelia is like to me you know is the is the one genus of pythons you know that sort of has this and i'm including scrubs in this mix i know they're not morelia now but they they were at the time yeah they took them from mm-hmm. us you know Scrub pythons are example of, you know, well, green trees have the same thing, right? That, you know, in, in the early days, it's just, we were just talking to Tim about this. Like, you know, I wanted his opinion on like, you know, you didn't know that these were separate. I mean, I, I don't know. You can look at a bioc and you can look at an aru and you can see that they're not the same snake, you know, but I understand why people m- might not necessarily see that and sort of say, okay, I'm going to breed these together. Um, and y- if you really want to learn the ins and outs of like, how do you do that? Uh, you know, like scrub pythons fall into that category because they're not separate species at the moment, but they will be at one point when somebody yeah. does the work, mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. going to be, there's more species just in Papua New Guinea yeah. that, uh, that aren't accounted for as of yet. They sort of have it as all amethystina, but um, you know, I don't know. That would be something that, you know, maybe that they could, learn from the mistakes that that you know carpets green trees and scrubs have have made and you know i think scrubs have done it the best where they sort of keep localities just totally separate because might you might not be able to get it in one day and and you guys are living that to where yeah, you can't, can't get in wild <laughs> mm-hmm. things, you know we we just always never had an option like you just, right you can't get it i mean <laughs> you, i mean you guys never had yeah you guys never had the option and you know, scrubs, it's only a matter of time until those huge snakes aren't allowed to be imported. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, and me being just a locality guy, I'm right there with you is, um, you know, I'm not necessarily against uh, 
crossing localities as long as I'm also making the effort to keep them right. Right. Like, you yeah. know, um, yeah. to, to also make peers and make sure that we can, but you know, I think that both of those answers from each of you are really good insight. That, that was always the thing is like, you know, people would have, and same thing kind of goes with hybrids. I don't give a crap if you take your bowling eye and cross into a ball python. Okay. But Whoa. please tell me you have another <laughs> bowling eye that you're trying to breed it to as well. I like, can't right. host with you anymore. I know. It's, that was it. That was the <laughs> that deal breaker. Was it. You've never yeah. owned a bowling eye in your life. Shut up. Yeah. So, um, it's, but that's the thing is like, so I have Brisbane's and my idea is to continue to breed Brisbane's to Brisbane's, but if one year I want to take them and kind of throw them over here to a non locality thing, that's fine. But I should also try to keep going right with the locality and with the line. Right. Or so, at least, or at least have like, if you're going to do that, have, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like having, have intentions to do right. something good instead of just being like, well, I have this locality and this, let's see. I what have happens. this male and this female of snake right. and eh, yeah. I right. think this I, actually, this will be my answer to that. Cause as you were saying that I was just thinking like, what could, will you give the other reptile communities lineage charts <laughs> yeah dude trust me i'm i'm lineage already charts. i'm already working on it now that i've gotten a few chondros and i have mm -hmm. records from generations back like so i i'm gonna have my uh i'll have i'm making a website it'll probably be live in like three four weeks if i mm -hmm. actually finish it but I, I planned every single one of my pairings. I'm going to go back and I'll get pictures of every single animal I can and start having those things on there and giving them to people. And, um, yeah. but yeah, like that, that's where I think the biggest drop off for the Rita community versus the Morelia community is, um, you know, I, I'm about to make a, uh, uh about to purchase a, a chondro that take can be taken back to 72 right wow yeah you know yeah. all of this all of this fighting of you know you don't know who produced this and where it came from or what look it's like if we would have done this stuff from the beginning yes every war in the retic world wouldn't be there yeah it'd probably be, it'd probably be something else but um but yeah and for the people that do do localities or do do pure pure and you know subspecies or species or whatever it's it makes you now have documentation. There's no arguing. You, your stuff becomes more valuable, in my opinion. Right. You know, because exactly. if somebody's looking for that, here you go. You know. Yeah. So. Oh man. Um. Yeah, that was good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we got to pick your guys' brain on retake stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the Patreon questions then. So we have a Patreon, Jamie Rowe. She's actually been with us, I think, since the start, but. If each of you had to choose a first carpet for a newer snake owner, is there a locality, subspecies, species that you would recommend? Mm. You want to go first, that one? I mean, I know your answer is going to be Papua and carpet because yeah. what else are Incorrect. you going to say? Incorrect. All right. <gasps> oh, no, what? Oh, oh. It would not. All right. All right. I'm gonna, All right. I'm, someone's going to say Breadlock. Hey, Eric's got to go yeah, first. At Owen's going to say, Owen's going to say Breadlock. To me, the best pet carpet python, hands down. Is an inland carpet python. An inland? An inland. That's just a weird looking bread. What's, what's, what, <laughs> what, what's the what's the non knowledgeable term for an inland? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, what's the uh, yeah, what's like the a, I mean, what, pet term? I guess. Um, like I know in, in Australia the, they call the Murray, Dar Murray, yeah, Murray Darling Darlings. carpets. Yeah. Okay, um, so okay, so inland's just inland here. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Taking notes. <clears throat> um, Morelia spilotum is the 
okay. scientific name. Um, they're very chill, very chill. I have never been struck at and never had any kind of biting from them. Absolutely nothing. I mean, bread lie have been hit or miss. I think hypo stuff is a little bit on the snippy snippy heard. side. Um, beautiful. You know, of course, the most beautiful bread lie of course. is the evil one. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but uh, they don't get too big. Uh, they're very, 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 very easy to keep because they come from like a, uh, you know, it's either super hot or super cold from where they come from. Um, and they're just very, I don't know, in my experience, they are the best, most underrated, I think, of carpets. Uh, and I think the next one would probably be Poplins, but Inlands should be the one that you look at. Bread life for me because they can take harsher kind of they're, – they're very, they're very kind of bulletproof when it comes to keeper error. Forgive That's me. not saying that you can totally like ignore it or do whatever, but if you keep it in the normal Python parameters – it's going to grow on oxygen. Like it's not going to, you have to drop a rock on its head to kill it. Um, but they can get big, right? But they can get big. That is yeah. the thing is they Inland can and will big. get big. Oh my goodness. I can't handle it, baby. It, it, she's in a retake discord. Big's it's not a, a problem. Exactly. It's in a gold bread <laughs> yeah. lie. You're fine. Yes. I have several. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, Inlands, that's new information from me, Um, yeah. you know, talking to other people. And now that I, I you know, I have a, uh, you know, is, is it gelatin or gelatin? Gelatin, gelatin. gelatin yeah, it's, that sounds like food, but okay. <laughs> because, um, yeah, right. Now that I have a gelatin in Papua, and I'm I'm asking just about everybody questions on every subspecies and learning, and I've I've heard from many that bread lie are, you know, some of the most and not the the easiest to work with. Um, yeah. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um. All right. Last. Patreon question. Uh, I feel like we've already got half an answer on this we, one. We do, but I know he wants me to ask. Michael Taylor is throwing out some shade and said, who's coming to Texas Carpet Fest in October? <laughs> well, he's going to be in Australia, so I will do my best. He has I, better things. He has better things to do. Um, I have to figure out uh, where my anniversary falls and uh, whether or not I can try to convince the wife that the best thing to do would be go to Carpet Fest in Texas. So... Makes sense. See. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But don't you want to see the three-story croc monitor? Honey, enclosure? honey, honey. <laughs> it's <laughs> honey. They'll let you pet a Komodo dragon if I ask a nice. Dude, that was such. I mean, it was such an amazing yeah. experience. Yeah, that's why I want to go I, I to that it. carpet yeah. fest. It was so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I have no intentions of keeping carpets, but yeah. Invite. Yeah, me. I, we we don't, <laughs> we don't check. We don't check at the door. Like yes. we've had monitor people and stuff like that. Carpet so. Python card, please. I've, ha Nathan, I've had MPR yeah. on. We're good. Yeah, Nathan, 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 all right, yeah. Nathan. If you're serious, I mean, I'm 40 minutes away. When from, is it? From the October. Oh, uh, October. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, 40, I'm 40 minutes I'm, away I'm, from. I'm already Lydia. there. All my all my trips are early. Wait, wait. Yeah, all early in the year besides one summer trip. So yeah, let's do it. If you can get to a carpet fest, you definitely should. I've uh, wanted to. I almost went to the one should. that was hosted. At, I think it was the year after Brian Cusco's. It was somewhere mm -hmm. in Northern mm -hmm. California, but yeah. it was it was weird because it was only like a few people, and it was like right as COVID started. Right. I, yeah, I, I, I need yeah. to make it out to a 
you know, the standard Texas or not Texas, but the standard carpet fest. Um, you know, I, there is a difference between the two, correct? Like there's the Texas carpet fest that happens every year. There's right. also a carpet fest. Northeast carpet fest. It used okay. to be that there was chapters. So like ours was the Northeast, the OG. And then there was a Southeast in Florida. There was mm-hmm. a uh, Northwest, Southern there was Texas. a Southwest and a Texas. So at one point we had, like Fox. Australia had one. Yeah, and Australia had one. Oh, that's had awesome. One. Yep, yep, yep. So we're slowly clawing our way back. The idea was to get hours off of the bench and get the Northeast back up and running. And obviously, we let people kind of do their own thing with that. We had the people who did the different chapters. They didn't like have to check with us or pay anything or do anything like that. They just had to. Do, they just did it, and that's fine. Organize it. Have your fun. Um, so we're glad that the Texas Carpet Fest is up and running, and we're hoping that some other people start picking up the ball and run with it. It is a lot to host a Carpet Fest. Oh, I bet. Um, I've done it. Eric's done it multiple times. Um, it's it's a different thing. So um, Dude, just planning for food alone, like oh well, geez. we <laughs> the rules of Carpet Fest have changed over the years as as shit went wrong. So it was <laughs> yeah, you learn like, on the fly. Oh yeah, it was a barbecue, and then I think the second one, everybody brought a bunch of cheeseburgers and hot dogs, but nobody grilled them, so everybody yeah. just stood around hungry. And it's like, are you are you kidding me? So now it's like you have to bring food that is prepared, and if you bring raw hamburger you have to cook said hamburger like it was yeah it was all that right. stuff so i think those things are important more so than like yeah reptile shows are cool yeah but a mm-hmm. lot of people will have their animals there with them and they're focused on taking care of their customers and all that kind of stuff so you know it's important i think for a community of people to kind of get together and celebrate being a community and sort of like uh, seeing somebody and, and talking to them in person. I think it, it, number one, I've made, you know, people that I consider family to me now through these carpet fests. And, um, I, I don't know. I just think it's a great way to, uh, you know, to sort of, and you, you know, there's not that, not that you filter yourself on a podcast or stuff, but you know, sometimes with, you know, smuggling stuff and whatnot, you know, it, it's, it's stuff you don't necessarily want to, put out there or like you know maybe a breeder that you you can rub shoulders with and that maybe not putting out that information on the on on the onto social media or something like that where you can sit there and just ask them a question and next thing you know you're having a conversation eating some food and drinking a beer with them or whatever and you know i i don't know it's just you're going to be introduced to people that that you may not you may have been intimidated to talk to them at a reptile show and you know now yeah. all of a sudden you know you're, you're drinking a beer with them and right. I, I don't know it's just it's just a different vibe and i think it's it's really good for a community to come together and, and it's also yeah. not a reptile show so i'm not trying to i'm not i, I got time to talk to you i'm not trying to yeah talk to this person i'm not trying right. to answer 18 million questions about a baby white lip and how it differs from a ball <laughs> python like and <laughs> All this other stuff and and i can actually spend time and discuss those kind of things so yeah yeah right so you know i i want to you know before we get into wrap, wrap up questions i wanted to just again thank you to both for for coming on the show yeah. uh being being willing to i mean when i reached out yeah. i was like ah, we'll see if we can get both of them on and, and it was like a heartbeat yes and i can't thank you guys enough for being flexible and uh doing it on relatively short notice um 
you know yeah you some... I, mean, I mean i think it goes without saying lucas that i i don't think the retake lounge would be quite what it is without mpr so yeah, yeah you guys it, getting you guys on is awesome um yeah. thanks now, for having us thanks. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start off with my wrap up question. Um, if there's one thing that you could advise people that have a new podcast or want to start one, what, what would that be? Owen, go ahead. Consistency, figure out your plan of how you, when you're going to drop episodes and stick with it as long as you can. And if you do deviate, get back on it as soon as you can. We so, haven't deviated yet, but I, I a hundred percent agree. Something will happen, but just gotta yeah, get back yeah, on it's bound to. Life, life yep. is weird. Yeah, there's no yep. way that. Mm. Talk about something that you're excited about. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, the the most important thing is like whatever you're talking about. You have to like it if you want other people to like. You know, like you can't be. Oh, well, I don't really. I don't want to talk about this. I don't really like this species, or you know, and then people are going to be excited about it. No, pick something that you're into. Who cares if it's popular or not? Make it popular. Right. You know? (laughs) Yep. No, I like that. Nate, last question. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I think it kind of goes along with the last one that we just asked, but what's your best piece of advice for Lucas and I just keeping this going? Hmm. stop talking about retakes <laughs> just, no just, i mean just just stop now call it yeah, good just, just you call guys good. Think... i would end end on a high note yeah it, no it's um <laughs> don't don't take it too seriously you know don't 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 ride into it thinking that this is this is my podcast this is my territory and we will do it this way it be flexible you know and and see where the things go and don't stick to i mean there have been episodes where eric has like four pages worth of notes and questions and we get we don't even get off the first page because we deviate and it goes to an insane conversation that is just so good we just keep going sure and then it's like crap i guess we'll have because then you can always have that same guest back and you can tackle the next page like it's why do you think nick mutton's been on the show so many times so it's (laughs) true yeah, I you know I, I listen to you guys every week. I would I, you know I I love what you guys do. I think that um, you know I would just keep doing what you're doing. I know that uh, I you know I, I I think you've you guys work well together. You have good guests. You you talk about you know good topics. Um, you're honest with with your um, approach. Um, you're not you know you, you come up. You, you guys come across as very humble when it comes to like not knowing things. Whereas like some people will pretend to know stuff that they like, you're not afraid to say, I don't know. Oh, I don't (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know a lot more than I know. Yeah. So most of us are in the same boat, (laughs) you know? And, uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy it. So I, well, and, and going back to what Owen said, I mean, I, I, I think there have been a few times that, you know, just with the pressure of release dates or whatever, Lucas and I have butt heads, but we've we've been able to come to a place where we do we do give each other a little bit of leeway when you know stuff kind of hits the fan. So yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, appreciate. I mean that the feedback. You know, thank you, Eric and and Owen for you know mm-hmm. that guidance and and uh, words of wisdom. I could definitely say that. Um, 
from from you guys doing this but um yeah we're gonna we're gonna send you guys back to the studio and we're gonna close this up but we appreciate again having you guys on it was wait 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 you're getting way ahead of yourself lucas i I don't know if it's because it's on the next page or what oh it is on the next page yeah so owen eric we know you guys are the ogs of reptile podcasting but for any of our listeners who may be new to NPR, new to Owen, new to Eric, where can people find what you guys are doing individually? Where can we find NPR? Give us all your socials. Give us your plugs. All right. You go first. You got less. You don't don't sell snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, um, I have a website that I'm revamping for me personally, EB Moralia. Um, that uh, I kind of haven't paid attention to in a while because I kind of got bummed out selling snakes and whatnot and the whole nonsense that goes along with that. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it happens. <laughs> um, as far as so that's me, E.B. Morelia. As far as uh, Morelia Python Radio, um, if you you can follow us on Morelia Python Radio on all the social stuff under that. Uh, we have a website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. You can go there if you want to learn about Morelia. Um, and then, you know, our podcast is all over the place. We have a YouTube channel. So all the podcasts that we have go under that one NPR network. So you can check us out there. And, um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, yeah. Um, for me, you can go to uh, rogue-reptiles.com. I have a bunch of babies listed up there. I got everything from false water cobra, white lips to some rough scale pythons. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Some some good stuff. Go buy his snakes, guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I need new windows on my house. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, They're there. Um, So uh, also, uh, it's rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram and then rogue reptiles on Facebook. Um, I do try to. I do have a normal Facebook for myself, but if you're not going to see anything there snake related, you, you probably just want to go and like rogue reptiles, Facebook page. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I have. All right, guys. Thanks yeah. again. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of the retic lounge. I, I mean, I, I feel like I've said this a handful of times after, you know, some of our longer episodes, but this is one of my favorite ones uh, talking to some guys that have been podcasting in the reptile space for this long is, is just a, a different feel for the podcast. And I think we learned a lot uh, along with other people who may have similar aspirations. So, right. I, th- I think that, you know, for each episode that I keep saying it's my favorite interview, I'm hoping that that maybe like is a sign that we're getting a little better at this, right? Like if, if each episode we're recording day just by feels day, we're, better, we're, we're just right? following the blueprint, right? E- exactly. Uh, but again, shout out to you guys that are supporting us on Patreon. And those of you that are subscribed, if you guys are listening to this for the first time, because you're fans of NPR, don't forget to like, and subscribe the episode, drop your comments down below and um, come hang out with us at our Patreon. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys next Friday. Peace.